I'm just gonna switch. Make sure my Apple Watch doesn't start saying shit to me. So <laughs> start saying shit. Hi, hi, Craig. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> <laughs> Craig supposed to be on a run right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who the Fuck is Delia, the podcast that uncovers the plight of the creative who might not just yet be so successful that Hugo Boss are suing them for copyright infringement, right? So normally, as you know, if you're a regular listener, I googled the intro of this like two minutes before (laughs) and uh, this week I found on BBC... (laughs) You know, because I'm, I'm all for cultural and racial appropriation as long as it's to do with scousers <laughs> and this week we have another scouser on so i thought this one was <laughs> appropriate um hugo boss claims scouse slogan infringes on copyright an artist who launched his own clothing range during the coronavirus lockdown is facing a legal battle with fashion giants hugo boss over his merchandise john charles from right Hyton, yeah yeah h-u-y-t-o-n somehow is pronounced Hyton. Charles from Heighton, Merseyside, <laughs> would end his lockdown online artist, online artist lessons, art lessons, by saying, be boss, be kind. His sign-off was so popular, it led to demand of merchandise with the motto, which caught the attention of German fashion brand. So he's got a load of hats. There's a go. There you go. It's a little hat. Be boss. Aww. Be kind. The that. No way. <laughs> um, oh, that's so sly. I know. Uh, it's so tacky. Come on. Oh, be boss. Be kind. Yeah, but that's nice though. <laughs> it is. It is. It makes me feel like me mum saying it. <laughs> that's so like. I I think that's really bad if you go boss to do that. I mean, you know, go after him. That's what I say. That's really bad. This 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 guy is like doing online art lessons for people, just trying to make a living. He's signing it off in a little cute way to everyone, and all his kids want his merchandise. And then fucking Hugo Boss comes in and sues him. No, don't be boss. <laughs> yeah, like lawyer enough. It's He should finish his defence in court. Caught by being like, thank you for hearing my uh, what I have to say. I just want to say, be boss, <laughs> be kind. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. So this week, obviously, Shell's here, and uh, we are joined by, uh, funnily enough, another member of a band that Dave Ormsby is in, who was on last week's pod. So we're going to go through this band, <laughs> and just like, <laughs> like we're going to be sluts and just sleep with the band. And um, he is the bass man, and he's also played for us on another show as well, in the same way that Dave did, but a different gig. Um, it's... I haven't got like a middle name like I did for Dave, but it's Craig Walsh. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Craig. Hey, thank you. My, name, my middle name's Daniel, so if you want to... Craig Daniel Walsh. You've got two. Let's not lie to the public, because yeah, I are. saw your email address. Daniel James. Oh, <laughs> Daniel James, yeah. Craig Daniel James Walsh. Right. So you want to give me a full intro, you can if you want. <laughs> Daniel James, the Manchester United right winger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, sound like, like, you sound like a Bond character. Craig oh, Daniel James. I get that all the time, Craig Daniel. Do you? Oh. Daniel Craig. Oh yeah, that's uh, why. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. That's, it's <laughs> it's morning. It it's the morning, me. right? Give us a break. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for having me, and I'm I'm so glad to join you. No worries. It's great to have you. On. The, I was saying this to Dave last week. You're just another person. It's like we need to get them on. We need to get them on. Have you asked Craig yet? No, I forgot. Have you asked Dave yet? No, I forgot. So it's good that like 
lockdown has meant that everything's moved onto Zoom a bit more and this becomes yeah. more appropriate, you know? So we can just be like, Absolutely. all right, fuck it. We don't need to do it when we're in Liverpool when we can do it just now. Yeah, but and to be fair, you always forget that like... Because whenever you go, worry about doing it over Zoom, you're like, oh, it's going to sound really shit. And the other person's voice is going to sound like they're literally in a tin can. But then you remember that all of these people are musicians. And yeah, it's so true. Is there anyone got outstanding gear? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Dave last week had the fucking biggest mic in front of his face. It was just like this lovely, like, just piece of foam, basically, this big. Yeah. And he's like... And people are like, do you want compression? Do you want saturation? Yeah. <laughs> Give it, like, I'm going to compress it and then I'll send you, like, <laughs> you're like, no, it's all right. It's just you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm running it through all the outboard gear. I've got, don't worry, I've got the cooling shed outside that keeps all the gear nice and cool. Yeah, the like, liquid nitrogen cooling shed, and then the latency is like minus 9,000 seconds. Like. Yeah, it's coming through the mic before I even say it. <laughs> that is a, such a niche joke, and I hope that Ben Gladwin's so listening niche. to this. <laughs> so niche. <laughs> But you are uh, you are a bassman, so you are the. I am. You called him a bassman before. Where have you yeah. got this from? Yeah, he's a bassman. That's what T is as well. Like anyone who plays bass is a bassman. Okay. You know, Absolutely. like. Do you want to explain this? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's probably a little bit of appropriation going on here, but there's something about bassists where it's like, it's like a guitarist is like, oh, he's a guitarist, like he plays guitar. Whereas a bassist is like, they're a bassman. Like they're in, they're like. You gotta have your shit together to be a bassist. In control of the oh, situation. I like this. Do you not think? To be fair, there's been so many gigs where I have literally not been known what the fuck's going on. The first person I've looked at is Craig. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing all sorts of dodgy signals that no one knows the name when I'm like, yeah. And then yeah, and then I'm like shaking my head, then I'm like, yeah, no, 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 twice. No, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, no one knows what you're saying. On the inside you're signaling signaling lows, but because you're playing all the time and your fingers exactly. aren't doing anything, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, like, look into my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, there's something, there's something like, there's something uh, steady, sturdy about bassists. Yeah. And I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it about shit bassists. I'm not Whoa. being like... That's I'm, mean. That's a compliment to Craig. Oh, and to thanks. T. Oh, right. Okay. You know, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying it to like, I don't know, some, some flaky sort of flabby like punk bassist who's right. just like ding 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 ding. I'm like you know he's not a bass man he, he's just a guy who's playing bass in that band but like a bass man is like so it's like the drum if you've got a sick drummer the drummer's like the, sh- the head chef you keep you, you don't talk to the head chef right don't let him let him just get on with what he's doing but then the bassist is the sous chef and it's like I'm going to come to you to know what's going on because I can't talk to the drummer because he's too different. That's fine. I like that analogy. That's a good analogy. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I, I just came up with it right now. <laughs> but honestly, okay. I think I think a lot of it is rooted in like, in truth, like in terms of like steady and reliable because I, I honestly think it's through like fear and panic of when you're a bass player and you're younger and you start playing and you start to realise, well, I start to realise really quickly that because you're at the bottom of the harmony, any wrong note is so obvious. Mm. Not to say like when you're a guitar player or a piano player, it's not obvious, you know, but you can play a wrong note and the whole harmony doesn't change. It's just a bit of like a fruity extension yeah. or you can call it like whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, but if you play like a C sharp over a C major chord, then you've got like yeah. C sharp diminished, you know, and all of a sudden everything's like, whoa, what's going on? So I honestly think it's rooted in like, just panic and fear and burning it into your brain that like you've got to be reliable you've got to know your shit you've got to be steady you've got to really like work on your stuff do you know what's funny about that as well is when you get to a gig especially like i remember i'm going to use the one that you played for for delia uh, as an example you get on that stage bear in mind you'd you'd been playing with us for like a rehearsal maybe two and then we're onto the festival stage don't get me wrong it's not like a super busy 
time slot or anything but but whatever it's a festival stage so you play your low e or your low b or whatever you're, you're hitting there and it's like and the whole yeah. band goes that sounds yeah sick and then a bassist would be like oh fuck that's really loud <laughs> yeah exactly that oh no that's so loud <laughs> and the thing He's is people right. say that they don't notice bassists right so people are like be like, I don't really know what bass is. And then the way that you always counteract that is by being like, oh, you'll notice when it's not there. Exactly. But then similarly, you would notice if the whole, like if that bass is that loud that the whole earth is shaking, but it's a semitone or a tone or anything just out. It's not yeah. that you would notice it when it's not there. It's more that your whole world becomes unstable when it's wrong. <laughs> you're yeah, like, absolutely. You're so right. And I honestly think that's where it comes from, that reliability thing. Like, mm. if you're going to try and make a career of it and even just for your own, like, my own peace of mind and my own anxiety, because yeah. I'm quite, like, an anxious person, I just need, I needed to be on top of it. I needed to know exactly, like, even obvious things, like what key we were in, what the chord progression was. I was so, I was just terrified of making mistakes. So I think... Yeah. I think that reliability thing, even though it is like, you know, a typical bass player joke, they're like, oh, they drive the van. Oh, like they'll book the hotel room. Oh, they'll, you know, and it's, and it's true. But I think it does come from, it really does come from that just pure fear. In my yeah. case, when yeah. I was younger, you know. Yeah. I think with T, he's, he ain't driving the van. He's got too much of a keys player in him. Yeah. Too yeah. much front man in him because <laughs> yes. he does the front man stuff as well. Way yeah, too he much dual wheels, man. doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's good when he's like, you put the bass on him and you're like, all right, we're good. We're good. We're not like, you know. We're not in a dangerous place, but then it's like anything after that bass comes off, it's like, okay, you know, T's just like basically a front. That's like a so weird, isn't it? It's like T's bass is like a, like a magic cloak. <laughs> I mean, like Harry Potter style. Yeah, yeah, like you put it on him and it's kind of like he, he, he disappears, but not really. But then like as soon as you take his bass off him, you're like, there's T. Right, like, yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah T, with his bass on T is like bass man commander or whatever and then you take it off and he's like Shell can you go and ask that person if we get free drinks <laughs> <laughs> just put the bass on him to drive the van just strap <laughs> yeah. it to him he's there just fully just cutting people off on fucking like uh, roundabouts and stuff he's like this is my road <laughs> right so you were saying before like you that was um that was something that made basically you you did that because you were just terrified when you were younger when you started learning when when did you start playing bass when was that so on? i started playing classical guitar that's what i first got mm. like got into and got on um started learning that in school when i was about 12 so like 11 12 and then i played that so i was about 13 probably um and we used to we, like it just wasn't that inspiring for me we used to go through all like little like classical disses and we started off a melody with some chords and we used to do things like the titanic my heart will go on you know like arrangements <laughs> of all that kind of stuff um but it got me into reading really early like they always said like you know it's super important that you can read notes and you can read music so like and then as i got to 13 i sort of thought like this isn't my thing anymore and at that time one of my mates was starting a band and they were like, okay, so we started a band and we got three people. And I was like, boss, I'll play drums. They were like, we've got a drum. I couldn't play drums. I was just going to wing it and like learn it <laughs> yeah. on the fly. And I was like, all right, sound, I'll play keys. They were like, oh, we got a keys player. And I was like, I'll play guitar. And I was like, we got a guitar player. So I was like, so what is left? Like, what do you need? And they were like, eh, we need a bass player. And I was like, okay, sound. So then I asked my dad for that Christmas to buy me a bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just sort of, like, I was self-taught until I went to uni, like, completely, mm-hmm. like, with bass. So I just got a bass and I thought I'm just going to apply like the framework from classical guitar to the bass playing. So I'm going to buy a book and learn how to read music and I'm going to buy a book and learn scales and get into people that are good at bass. I'm going to Google it and see who's good, go on YouTube, all that kind of stuff. So I just learned, basically it all come from me learning to read. 
and an interview right. music and then getting in that band and playing things like Seven Nation Army terribly and just going <laughs> home and trying to practice it and being like, hey, mom, dad, listen to this. And they were blessed. They were, trying to, they were so supportive and they still are, but they were sort of like, and it, you know, it sounded shit, but they were like, yeah. oh, yeah, sounds, <laughs> sounds uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, keep going with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know what song, I have no idea what song it is, but it sounds... Yeah, exactly that. You're my son. That's, that's, <laughs> that's like, that's the best phrase, isn't it? Keep going with it. Like yeah, you got that is. so many times when you were growing up and only now do you look back and you think, fuck, that was just, that was a pass off that phrase. That was the shit it? sandwich, that wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the last thing you can say is that I'll just be a nasty, like, yeah. keep, you know, keep, keep it up, keep going with it. <laughs> Sure, one day, you know, it'll... Yeah, go on, just keep going. <laughs> so that's mad that you learned to read funny, really yeah. early on because, like, a lot of, uh, like, well, I, I mean, a lot, of the, a lot of the people in our circle, not so much in, like, a classical circle, but normally you would just go to it because you joined the band first. You know, you've seen a band, yeah. you're like, I want to be in a band, I want to do that, and then you start learning things, you start listening to things. But mm-hmm. actually coming from a place where you were able to read quite early on that must have been so helpful yeah it was it was crazy helpful like and but I like at the time like I thought that was just a thing so I right. thought like everyone could read and I thought it was just like a step that you took right you know like because yeah. of like that classical guitar framework that I had in my head I thought well this is just something that everyone does yeah so I've so I've got to do it so then like and I used to just write in pencil all the notes under each like you know and everything and like where to play it it took me forever it took me probably like two years to, to have like a work and read and you know where like I couldn't sight read but I could like work your way through something and I sort of knew but I thought that was a thing and then when I got to college and I realized that like in guitar and that it's not as common mm. as like piano and stuff I was a bit like oh that like that's in that's interesting but yeah it is mad so like I think it's why like I'm, I'm still like in love with reading now and stuff and like yeah. that like it comes quite easy to me because I like that was my first sort of go-to with the instruments like I still use tab and stuff when I was in the band and working stuff out and I still use my ears but that was like the, f- the first mainstay was like reading like Red Hot Chili Peppers books and buying like shitty Leonard Skinner books off eBay for like four pounds yeah. that were like full of <laughs> coffee stains and like pages stuck together with like god god knows what you know <laughs> just, like... <laughs> just before you said that I was about to be like oh there's something really romantic about that though and then I was like mm, maybe I not mean, it could be, it depends how you look at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're like my early impressions of just like starting to read and then getting into it. But you're right, it was probably a bit backwards than like what mm. everyone else does. A lot of people come to that later. But yes, yeah, yeah. so that was like my first in and then I just like went to college from there and studied music tech and then... I love that you've guys. walked into like, um, you've walked into college as, <clears throat> you know, a guitarist, but also at that point probably you know nailed in in bass you walk in and everyone's like all right yeah so you know the keyboards can hear it the piano players can obviously read a bit of music the guitarists are like no no drummers are like obviously not and then you're like a bassist you're like yeah i, I can <laughs> everyone's like but the yeah. fucking bassist can read music what the fuck yeah everyone was like, like no you can't so i was yeah. like i kind of bit like i kind of bit like yeah <laughs> but it's i mean to me it's it's a whole other world to me and it's something that if I sit there and I, I like I work out, I can read it. But it would t- there's no way I can play that at the same time. I would have to be like, okay, this says that note. This says mm. that note. Like, it takes me a while. It's it's it is kind of like learning a new language, but mm-hmm. a language with only you know like eight words, just said in very different ways. <laughs> well, I don't know where you've got eight words. That shows you how limited your I'm musical not eight, <laughs> <very knowledge. laughs> 
you know, and you're just like, hey, words. Should I get the other four? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they don't do it. It's fine. <laughs> but, but you know what, though? Like, I've never been like a theory or reading snob, which I think, and I know it's a bit of a tangent, this, but I think that's important. You know, I've never been people who like value someone and because you can or can't with music. Because, yeah. And it sounds so cliche, that, but it's too wide, it's too varied, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, you know, you get people with like the ears of destiny, don't you? Where you play them like a melody and they just play it back to you, or you yeah. play them a chord and they play it, but they might not be able to read, you know. And you get people who are amazing readers, but you say, "Can you groove over this?" And they're like, oh, um, mm. uh, "What do you want me to play?" You know. So it's like it's it's too big a spectrum, isn't it? To yeah. be like, you know, and I know there's pros and cons to each and stuff, but you know, I've never been one of them people who's like, "You must read, you must know this, you must know that," because no. you know, there's great players that always break them like molds yeah, totally course, and yeah, we kind of like we we fell into that conversation a little bit similarly with dave last week where it was like you i mean we he was he was talking about it in terms of like the facilities that he had with his new space but yeah. you i think the part of being a creative is that you learn to make the best of the skills that you've got but in a way that makes them like break the mold so it's like yeah. okay I've been given these set of skills like obviously you work on them set of skills you make them better but you prioritize what skills make make your thing more important and so, like, like more unique mm-hmm. and and then you know in the, the 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 way that you can best utilize your version of yourself mm, I suppose Absolutely that. a lot of musicians would look at it though as like you know not it's like you'd be like, okay, I'm a lot of time you hear the phrase like, you know, the, I'm the jack of all trades and I'm not a master of anything. And but then really you're mastering your own like the all these different trades that you think are actually within one hub of like the type of musician you are, or or even just being a musician in general. So you're mastering something a bit more niche, which has lots of different areas which all all uh you know feed the the main goal. Yeah. So it's not like actually you are jack of all trades, master of none. It's that like, okay, maybe like for you, for example, Shell, you always use that phrase and you use it in reference to like loads of arty things, not just music, you know, drawing and graphic design. and mm-hmm. But then all that adds to this other thing that is Shell, but doesn't have a word. It's not like Shell the musician. It's not, it's more just like, I suppose the closest word would be like Shell the creative, but that yeah. sounds a bit pretentious, but like it all comes back to that one thing i suppose yeah um, absolutely and that's the portfolio career thing and you know what i'm gonna use that as a tangent you mentioned the word career right uh, not, not the north or south kind the you know <laughs> the, the the job kind um what? Oh. for people oh no for people um, <laughs> uh who again like you know i use the example and she hates it when i do it i think i don't know maybe she doesn't hate it but my mum listen to the podcast when i say you're a bassist and you use the word career what she's like that's a paradox so what is <laughs> what we, so many people are <laughs> so in the same way that we had to you know talk to dave and be like all right what does being a drummer mean in like your life what does being a bassist mean because when you think of craig walsh we think of a bass when we think of you know, bass, we think of Craig Walsh. It's not like, oh, Craig is a producer and a songwriter. And, a, you know, you do have these, you know, and I'm sure you have those abilities, but you just think bassist. So yeah. what what's that career like? What's that life like? What's the bass life like? Yeah, so I always like, whenever people ask me, like like you say, and like it tends to be like people that be family, like older people. So like, what do you know, what do you do? That's literally like, what I'm asking yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I try like, you know, you can say like session bass player or like pro bass player, but like, I don't, I don't ever want to sound like pretentious saying things like that. So I just tend to say that like, 
I'm like a bass player for hire or like mm-hmm. a musician that's for hire. So I do like, again, the portfolio career where I've got loads of different things. You know, I do like studio work for people like on a basis of like, they'll hire me. I've never met them. I'll go in play on the tunes or people I know hire me do live work. Like with you guys where like, you know, I filled in for tea when he couldn't play or I'll do mm-hmm. like, musicals like I done a musical a couple of years ago like went on tour with clean cut kid i do some teaching like i do teaching in primary schools they like music theory and rhythm classes with them um i do teaching privately i do i've done like seminars and workshops so it genuinely is like a portfolio thing but you're right it's under that cloak of like bass guitar like that is my mm. area of specialism which mm. is like bass guitar five string bass fretless double bass yeah so it's sort of like that is the main hub and then everything else branches out from there but it is like you said i think that's so important the portfolio career like calling it that because it really is it's not just and i think the answer a lot of people want is just like oh i do this mm-hmm. you know and i heard what you're saying up today about the accountancy you know someone says you're an accountancy <laughs> you don't say like so how many people are in your department like yeah you know, what, no. version, what version of excel do you run you know <laughs> yeah. like it's like you know and it, but like you know you don't do that but like i think people like want more of an answer when you say like I just do a lot of different things. And like, I think they're just expecting you to say like, I do this and like it defines everything, but it's very hard to define. So to answer your question, I just say like, I'm a professional musician who's like available for hire and teaching. Yeah. Yeah. You know what though? If you did say to them like, oh yeah, I just, people just pay me to play bass on their stuff. They get so confused. They'd be even more, even if you did give them that straight answer, they'd be even more confused. They'd be like, and how many days a week is that i was like yeah, yeah it's true so, it's so you, true. you've got to give them all this extra info because there's the, the little like summary boggles the mind even more you know yeah you're dead right you know because it, it does it's not like in like any creative job or like it is this is the same or like creative career it's not just a one size fits all is it you know it's not like on a contractual basis where you've got like 15 hours a week or you know that kind of thing it really doesn't fit like a pigeonhole almost that people expect it to Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not their fault. That's just like condition of society, isn't it? You know, and I'm not saying it's a yeah, bad or, you know, a negative or positive thing. It's just people expect you to say like, oh, like I go here to work and I work 15 hours per week doing yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly it. Whereas like, you know, like, like we all know, like your work differs. Like one week you could be teaching somewhere. The next week you're driving to like Glasgow to play in some dodgy big band gig that you've never met anyone. And you're yeah. just winging your way through it, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it, it is just one yeah. of them. Like it's, it keeps you on your toes. And I wonder how we do it sometimes. Well, just I was going to, tell me about no, it. Tell me about it. I was going like, to pick up on that because earlier you were saying that like, you're quite an anxious person. I think I'm slowly developing to be that person, which is really annoying me lately. But <laughs> do you think um, I've been, like you know thinking about what what kind of like causes that to happen and Mm. just knowing a lot of creatives in similar positions do you think having that kind of I guess that portfolio kind of way of life where you're like over here one minute you're over here one minute you're over here one minute you know you're looking at your next two months and being like sweet I'm full for the next two months but in three months I've literally got no work you know but and then it just comes in and gradually it always does but Mm. May, maybe it's a case of living in that world that puts you a little bit on edge just all of the time <laughs> yeah I agree with that completely for sure like and I think mm. it just depends on your disposition as well naturally I think like I've yeah. always been like I've always struggled with anxiety and been an anxious person so mm. you're right having that sort of portfolio career and that uncertainty as well and like the you know the pressure like and I know a lot of the pressure is is sort of self-made isn't it yeah. where you put yourself under pressure or like compare yourself to the people. But I, I like, I, I completely understand that and agree with you. And I think that lifestyle is more conducive to like, if you are anxious, making you more anxious. 
Yeah. Like something I did, like, and I try and do to deal with it. And it is hard and it sounds so cliche, but it's like, just try and be mindful and like be in the moment and like yeah. dedicate like all my energy to that moment and to what I'm doing, whether it's like practicing for something that's coming up or something that I'm doing that day, like a session, and then just like try and be done with it. Yeah. You know, and like, that's just like kind of what works for me, but you know, you're right. And again, it goes back to the whole thing sometimes and like, not, not often cause I love what I do, but sometimes I sit there and think one, how do I do it? And two, sometimes like, why, <laughs> why yeah. do I do this to myself? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. and it, and it, yeah. And it sounds like so profound that, and I do love it, but it's just like, I don't know. I think, I think it's one of them plates that like, is, as cliche as it sounds, like creatives have, isn't it? You're constantly chopping and changing yeah. and it's not like, it's not stable. No, really, yeah. is it? You know, and, and you, there's, you, but there's a lot of there's a lot of creativity in that. Sorry, dude, what you gonna say? No, it's it's no, it's totally cool. I think it's like it's not only that, in in that you have that pressure to be busy to succeed, and you have put your own. You, uh, sorry, be so busy because you have put in that pressure on yourself to succeed and be good at your craft or be good at what it is you're delivering. But then, like you say, the uncertainty of it fluctuating. But then the idea of like when it is stable and when you have two months straight of the same thing, you're like, ugh, this sucks. Yeah. And then on top of that, a lot of musicians are going to be self-employed. So then it's like, well, when the work's there, I have to take the work because as a self-employed yeah. person, that's that's the way my brain works. So I'll take, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to take all this work shell for the next three months um, because after that I have nothing. And mm. then it gets to the last month of that three months, and then another three months comes in, and then another six months, and then it and it. Yeah. So it's like this. It's a bit of a trick of the mind that you have to take all this stuff. And yeah. recently I've actually discovered in the studio that I work at, I was in like fucking every day from like July and August because they re reopened after the lockdown and everyone wanted to book in. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. And then I had no time for anything else. And then I was, was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be harsh. I'm going to drop a couple of people and I'm going to be harsh with the dates I give. I sent those dates over. They all got filled and I ended up earning more money that month. But it took for some reason it was a big deal to be like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be harsh with this. I'm going to be like stern and cut people off. And I actually made more money because I was more sensible about where my time was put. You know, that's amazing. And it is like the work smart and not hard. The thing that I've heard exactly. you say before, like, yeah. and that, that is exactly that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I suppose like, that's something that you can't really do as much when you're, that's easy for me because it's one place that I'm having to organize. But if yeah. you're, you know, your portfolio yeah. is wider. I think, yeah, you're right. You know, and I think like, you're so right about taking everything that that, that comes as self-employed and I think it's a double-edged sword because like that is sort of what made me like give me the career that I've got and made me push myself because like when I first became self-employed like after uni that was like my main driver of being like okay this is now my sole income mm -hmm. so like anything that comes even if I'm scared of it even if it's like a jazz gig that I'm not super confident with or something like that I'm a bit you know a bit nervous about I have to take it Mm. so like that that's a bit of a double-edged sword for me because like in one way you're dead right like you know you've got to take everything that comes and sometimes it can be a negative because you can feel like you're bombarded or you've got no time or you're not seeing people that you love or whatever but on the other hand it sort of forced me to make a career yeah it forced me to like put my foot on the gas and be like okay i just need to take everything and anything regardless of what it is and it's sort of as cliche as it is like made me the player that i am mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know, and i think it. you kind of like you're I think that thing of like taking every single thing and then it comes to like nine months time and you're like, shit, I've still been taking every single thing because I've been worried that next month there's not going to be anything in. It, I feel like, well, I'm hoping that's kind of like an early career issue that yeah. your career starts to level out at some point where you start to trust the process and you trust your, your own you trust your own professional self to be like oh 
the work will come it always will come because I've developed like a level of you know professionalism now that people want to rebook or I've got this amount of work around me so now I can pull back and yeah. I can actually only work 42 weeks in a year than 52 mm-hmm. because I want those weeks for holidays or I need to I need to plan in two weeks worth of sick pay because I need to look after myself if that happens do you know what I mean yeah that's so right you know and like that's sort of the point that I was getting to and then a global pandemic hit. <laughs> so like, you know, yeah, that's sort of the point I was at where I was gaining that confidence, like within the last year to be like, there's actually things that I can like respectfully say no to or just say, look, I can't fit it in so I can spend time with like my fiance or I can do whatever, you know, yeah. and there was, was, and I was getting to that point where I was getting comfortable and I was getting like almost like more confident in, like you said, the, the process that things do come. You can't plan everything. You can't have every six month block filled. And I was getting okay with that. And then, and you know, I'm not blaming COVID and like the current state of the world, but like then that happened. And then obviously it's been a big hit, especially for like self-employed and the arts, you know, a bit of like a double whammy for us. Yeah. Yeah, Well, let's, let's, let's address the life threatening, you know, society ending (laughs) virus in the room. Because COVID obviously has hit, impacted people in many different ways. And like, to be honest, we've come out of it well. I think so. Not completely no. sturdy, not completely steady and not... But considering the circumstances, and, I think we had an but okay yeah, time. We have to the, count ourselves lucky. Yeah, considering the fact that at first, when it, in March, we were like, oh shit, I'm going back to my mum's and you're going back to your dad's and life is over. That we've actually... I wasn't going back to my dad's. Like, your mum was definitely out <laughs> showing a child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to... That was my... Mum, I'll come home, but Shell's not allowed in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I you. Like, <laughs> but, like, you know, it was, it was, it was looking like end-of-days stuff yeah. at the start. And considering that, things have... We've come out of it well. We've, ma- we've, we've made lemonade, I suppose is what you'd say. Mm. But um, that's not the case for everyone. And I don't think there's any shame. I don't, I don't think there should be shame in, or that we should feel particularly guilty for that. But I also don't think there should be any shame in people saying that it's hit them hard as well. Um, mm. Dave was was talking about sort of a similar thing last week and how it's impacted him. Um, we've had a few people on the podcast uh, who have had completely varied things, like someone like Dave, where it's actually in the end ended up being beneficial. Someone like uh, Tim Linkhouse, who's a, a German composer, um and music teacher he he was like no different because where he lives is just in the middle of nowhere and then mm-hmm. you get some people like ben who we've had on who is who's ben gladwin who's uh lost literally lost every all work and, yeah um where on that spectrum would you lie and then also like how does it how fit? how is it how have you adapted how have things changed yeah so i'd say I, I probably lie somewhere in the middle. Like I'm really lucky because like my fiance is working from home. So like she's been mm-hmm. able to like support us and help us. And I've been like, I do a lot of online teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so like throughout most of lockdown, like I've had like loads of students online and stuff. So it has like kept me afloat. It's been nowhere near what like I usually earn because like, mo- like probably 65, 70% of my income is from gigging, mm-hmm. not teaching. So like all that, like, like you guys, and I was just been obliterated. Yeah. You know, like even for the rest of the year now, it's all just ibs and buts and no one really knows. Mm-hmm. So I would say somewhere in the middle, like, you know, Lauren has supported us amazingly. Um, the lessons, like online lessons I do, I've, I've helped um, and I've been doing like some studio sessions been coming back in, like as things have opened up. That's nice. So I've been able to do bits and bobs, um, but it's been it's been hard for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. And I think like, like you said, like, and like we were saying before, like a lot of our industry relies on like booking ahead and looking ahead and like at the moment there is none of that 
No. So it is just like day to day, week to week, you know. And but you know, I've tried to put like as positive a spin in it as I can. Like you know, I've been like exercising and trying to get as fit as I can, and like use my time wisely and trying mm. to like keep you know basically keep up with my professional work even though there was no professional work to do so I've still mm. been like it's easy just to go oh well I don't need to practice or I don't need to maintain so I'm not going to but I've mm. actually tried to go the opposite way and be like no I'm going to play like three hours a day I'm going to just do exactly what I usually do whenever I'm preparing for gigs or for studio work even though it's not happening and I'm just yeah. going to try and keep things like relatively as normal as I can yeah that takes a lot of discipline that yeah, yeah it does. But like, this is Craig we're talking to. Like, you are the uh, most disciplined person I know when it comes to doing shit like that. Yeah, the person on our screen right now, listeners, is like an action man version of Craig. It's like, you know, when you make yourself in like a video game or on like FIFA and you're like ripped and you're like, this is kind of what I look like, but if I'm in a perfect world, that's that's the Craig that's sat in front of us right now. Yeah. Oh, I've got a bandana on. I'm doing dumbbells. Like, he's got a samurai <laughs> sword in his back and he's wearing, he's wearing a full football kit <laughs> katana <laughs> that's so funny i mean that, that it, discipline though is is great that's like yeah commendable. i mean it comes a lot of it does come from that like anxious disposition though i always say that right. to people like because it again that's something that and i feel like it's a therapy session sorry i feel like you yeah, like great. my strings but like i feel like <laughs> a lot of that discipline does does come from like you know i want i don't want to say like a negative place but it does come from like having an anxious like disposition yeah. to start with yeah. you know it comes from like be, me being younger and being like okay i'm really anxious how can i fix this anxiety or how can i lessen it which is like control yeah. you know like if i can control like my practice if i can control my preparation if i can control everything that i can control then it's going to be easier for me like and my anxiety's got a lot better as i've got older but i've sort of maintained that sort of like work ethic yeah. if you like so you know again a double-edged sword like it's got lots of negatives but that was like one positive that's that's come out of it that's like fed into lots of different aspects yeah of okay, my life cool. yeah that's cool i got i got a little business proposal for you i mean you know <clears throat> go on you know bat, bat it away if you if if you're that foolish but um <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking before you're like electric bass fretless bass yeah double bass yeah other you know you named a few <laughs> um <laughs> what about just bass Right. So what if you just use your time, use your three hours of practice, get a tuba, get oh, big bass like, drums, just, 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 just bass clef, just get a, bass, get a anything a with a bass yeah, frequency, just... anything. Right. <laughs> if you want to learn sh- just the string, like one string, just <laughs> one string. bass. And it's like, yeah, are you, mate. Are you, do you want to learn bass? And they're like, yeah, what kind of bass? Yeah, like a diesel engine, just rumbling like John <laughs> Lennon. Like, yeah, exactly, and just like putting your hands on the top of it and making different notes and being like boom, like that. That's a really good idea. So instead of like owning the instruments, I just like own the clef. Yeah, just like exactly. go like the, this range of the of of everything is just 100%. like my specialty. Then you can truly own 100%. the name Bassman. Yeah, then you are the <laughs> Bassman. <laughs> you have to do some mad acoustic treatment in in your room oh, that you're in, but dude, yeah, take <laughs> all the glass out, board all the windows. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I would like love to get involved in that, Steve Berry. He'd like oh, you'd be there with the diesel diesel engine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not. Like, <laughs> that's niche. That that's niche. It is. So, but, yeah. so like to give to like to give people a, a like an understanding. He was one of the instrumental teachers in university. But you also play with him as well, don't you? Or you, you did play with him for a while. So I've ne- I don't think I've ever done a gig with Steve. Oh, like he oh, talked. No, oh, I, I think because like. 
yeah, he plays. Oh, for, like, of course, uh, he plays bass. Why would you does. play with Steve? <laughs> That's on the uh, the bass the bass tour. You know, where it's just shitloads yeah. of bass. Shitloads of basses. Like, of course, you've never played with Steve. That, but he did that, teach me though. Like, he yeah. did teach me, so it makes sense. Like, why you've got. Yeah. yeah, and he was a, he's an amazing teacher. Like people, obviously, a lot of people know and like listening will know him. Um, but like he studied with Dave Holland, like Miles Davis's bass player, mm. and he's an incredible jazz double bass player. And he's just a cool dude, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's, he's an amazing. alien. He's a full he's got, alien. He, oh man, he is. And he's got this amazing balance, I think, Steve, of like getting the best out here in like a cheeky, funny way, and yeah. like being being nice to you. You know, like there was times yeah. in double bass lesson when I'd be doing like a walk over autumn leaves, and I like go into a solo or go into thumb position. He stopped me and be like, "That was shit, man." <laughs> I'd be like thank you Steve <laughs> and then do it again but at the end of the lesson he was like you know I'm only playing with you like I'm just trying to get the best out of you you know but like I love the just, idea of you sat there playing bass normal normal Craig playing bass you go into the solo camera pans to Steve cuts to him and he's like that shit man it pans back to you and you are tiny stood next to the bass <laughs> yeah, <You're> literally <laughs> an inch tall like <laughs> And it's funny because when you explain that to people are like, God, he's harsh. And you're like, yeah, he's he is, just, no. but he's not as well. He's just, he's, it's a very like, he walks a very fine line, doesn't he? He just wants yeah. to get it messed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what he, he wants. He's, 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 he's somewhere between like the, the mad genius of like someone like the guy in Whiplash, the drum teacher in Whiplash, who's just like this harsh, you know, like one, two, three, four, one. That's and then he's like, stop. Then not not my tempo. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck? He's somewhere between like him and then like the hippie holistic. Like it's all good, man. Everything's fine, man. So he's like yeah. a weird amalgamation of the two. And you're terrified of him, but on on more of like an intellectual level. Like you're not yeah. terrified of him. You're terrified of like everything around him and the aura that he well, gives he off. Is, yeah. But it's not like you know he's not gonna he's not scary physically or no. like his shout isn't scary or whatever I, i've never heard him shout does he shout no i've no. never heard him shout the most the closest he got i think was one day when he, we used to do improvisation class for us the just for people yeah. who don't know like to where we'd like you know use modality to solo and like use like different ideas like lydian ideas and all that kind of stuff or like yeah. hit chairs with sticks you just never knew like what was going to happen. Um, but the closest I've ever got to that was, and like I won't name names or anything, but someone just didn't know a particular scale in our improv. Mm -hmm. So he said, like to the keys player, can you play this particular scale? <clears throat> and like not judging anyone, like theory knowledge or anything, the pianist was like, oh, I don't know that scale. So Steve just slowly over like three minutes, three and a half minutes, packed his stuff away. Like, put his coat on and this is probably like 15 minutes into improv got his scarf on painfully slowly though and we're all just sat there like because it's steve just not saying anything oh just my like God. sweat you know like running down your face and then he just packed all his stuff and was like see you guys and walked out and we were just like that is oh, he is, oh my God. he's amazing isn't he's he but that's the closest i've ever seen him. and he wasn't angry like as you said there was nothing scary about him it was just situational mm. we were all just like yeah. I feel like that is the best story that I've had yet. <laughs> that, the best that, that's the thing. Story. You, don't, you don't feel threatened by him as if like, oh shit, he's going to blow. It's more just like, oh fuck, I've let down the, mo the, the most intelligent yeah. person in the world. I've let you God right? down. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly it. And he is lovely for anyone listening who doesn't know him. He's an amazing he person. Is, he really, really is. I'm sorry, Steve. But like, he's, he's, incre <laughs> he's incredible. But yeah, yeah. It, it, and he is, 
I, I think I was just in awe of him the whole time. Yeah, I think honest. you know, like you you saying that you've. So I think this feeds into the fact that you're teaching at the moment as well, or that you've been teaching recently, um, because that type of teacher is so important. Like that type of teacher that resonates with you, whether it's through fear or or it's awe or it's um, respect or whatever it is. But like I always say about Lipper is that like I had literally some of the worst teachers I've had in my entire life, like worse than primary school teachers, worse than dog shit, high school fucking sub teachers. But then I've had the best teachers in my life as well. Like one of my, my very first guitar teacher from before I got to uni, Jim Kirkpatrick would be one of the best teachers I ever had. And then in uni, I can, I can name my guitar teacher, one of the professional development teachers, Steve and and the the theory teacher we had for the first year, Dom Shermer. Yeah. Um, they're the best. They're those guys are the best teachers I've ever had. But then I could name probably more as the worst. Mm-hmm. What kind of the, the the impact that these people have on you is massive, isn't it? It's really important. Huge. Do yeah. you do you think about that when you're giving your lessons, or is it more like a and and, and if it is this, it's totally fine. Is it more like? oh fuck I've got to do a lesson let's get this over and done with <laughs> <laughs> no you know what I, it's the opposite like I actually love it and it sounds so like such a cliche answer but I love it and I do think about that and I think about That's like good. the best teachers I've ever had in my life are ones that actually just inspired me to play like I'm not not saying it's regardless of lesson content or anything like that because all the content obviously has to follow but it's the ones that like give me inspiration and like almost like a philosophy surrounding the instrument like Steve did like yeah. Tim Pike did where like it was more to them than just about technique or scales or learning tunes. It was like, they made me want to pick it up and play and be yeah. better. So that's what I'm always trying to do. So like the main thing in my whole lessons is like, I want to do one, something that's going to resonate with you. So, you know, if you come and say, <clears throat> I want to play loads of top 40 hits, I'm not going to start you on like crucifying scales, you know, like let's yeah. go like octatonic, you know, like I, yeah. it's going to be like what you want to do. Um, so it resonates with you. And two is I just want to inspire you to play like, and it yeah. does sound so cliche and I can't not make it not sound cliche, but I just want you to come away from it and being like, yeah, I want to, I want to play the instruments. I, I want to be better at it. I want to, you know, and it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to do, but I just try and be enthusiastic and positive and give people loads and get, you know, like, cause I was self-taught as well. I feel like it gave me like a bit of a unique, like perspective on like, you know, cause basically like I probably made slower progress than if I had a teacher and I had to be more methodical and I had to work things out like by myself. Mm. You know, like if things didn't work or like ways to play stuff or like even down to like fingerings or scales or why that didn't sound right like that because I was self-taught and it was it was a choice, but it was all down to me. So I feel like from going through that process, I feel like I've learned like lots of different ways and lots of different techniques to speed things up or to like communicate things to other people, you know, rather than just like being given it. So I think that gives me like a unique sort of perspective on it because like a lot of people have gone through like private lessons and all that which is great too but like I never did that so again like I think that gives me like a a bit of a unique perspective and then combining that with just like being enthusiastic and positive and trying to inspire people to love music and play music like so at the end of the day like I don't know it's a bit of a tangent but you can get bogged down with theory and scales and reading like we talked about and harmony but you know you're trying to like communicate emotion at the end of the day Mm -hmm. you're trying to play music for people like and all this should just become secondary it should yeah. be in the background or whatever and have a good knowledge of it. But, you know, there's people who don't have any knowledge of it who can still play great music. Yeah. So I think, like, the playing aspect and making people play is, like, really important. Yeah. I so I'm sorry, thought... I'll take a bit of a, if it's a bit of a half answer. No, 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 that's, no, no, to- no. that's totally good. That's yeah. great. Because I, I kind of assumed that that's where you would be at anyway. So I kind of set the question up in a way that was, like, 
Ooh, it might be the other one, but I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, I just go, yeah, I actually hate teaching. Actually, I just... fuck it. <laughs> yeah. uh, head to the website, book your lesson, and I'm going to hate every fucking second with you. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, the the I've never actually thought, you've just, the way that you were describing that made me think about the way that you would get into music based on the instrument that you start learning. And that could influence just the way that you perceive music um, mm. at a young age. So like, I started playing bass when I was, like eight or nine and oh, just really? kind of yeah just because like the i was I, my mom wanted me to play piano i didn't want to play piano so i was like there's a guy who lived on my estate who played bass and i was like and he was an older kid and i was like i want to play bass like him um and you know i just i just played like the crappiest like bass you know single note doom, 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 doom. and right, then right now you can't see alex's body but you, the whole time he's been going that's the law, though. You've got to do that. Like, you've got to make a guitar. Like, you've, you've got, got to make a guitar that. thing. Yeah. As you get older, as well, you've got to make the guitar like air guitar thing more and a yeah, bit more doddery. Like, by the time, time you're seventy, it's like this big. Yeah. Like, and you're pretty like... doddery. You're like, ooh, ooh. yeah. Um, but so then I was like, so then from that, it, that I was kind of I shifted and I found guitar spoke to me more. But then I think starting on bass has shaped my perspective of music in that I'm like listening below the 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 top layer of the song like i always i'm always listening to that and i think it maybe if i'd have started and i was a singer i wouldn't be listening to music from that perspective i'd be probably listening to that top layer mostly and a pianist might look at it because they know theory from a more like because you know after they, they learn reading very early on they might look at it from a theory point of view and i've never actually thought about these different instrumentalists at younger ages actually just getting into music in general pulling it apart and listening it from different angles mm -hmm. and it's quite That's interesting, interesting. That, that that can have such an effect on the way that you even enjoy music right absolutely and yeah. I've, i have seen it firsthand as well like especially teaching theories so like if i get like guitarists or you know like i've taught like flute players and stuff theory before like it tends to be able to do an ear training that like their lower register is mm. is less accurate so you know yeah. if you're doing like intervals at low register or you're doing like chords at low register it tends to be more of a struggle which makes complete sense yeah. because they're used That's to so working cool. and yeah, and like ear training at, at you know using like melodies and all that kind of stuff. Again, with bass players, obviously they do a lot of work with bass players. Their lower register tends to be really good, mm -hmm. but like their chord recognition from the ears doesn't tend to be great. But their arpeggio recognition sometimes can be great. You know, some people can hear an arpeggio oh, yeah, with octave seven, yeah. then you can play a chord like harmonically together, and they don't they know what it hear. is. Yeah. Or like yeah. their melody dictation, bass players tends to not be yeah, as strong, yeah. but then their rhythm dictation tends to be like. Yeah, and but even the way you listen to it, it could be the impact, yeah. like uh, from just like a, an, not even from the, that point of view as a player, just from like, like that's totally right. But if you were like walking down the street listening to music, you might listen to different the music in a different way, or different parts of the music stick out to you. You know, if you're a yeah. drummer listening to a a vocal arrangement for it, like just to do the complete extreme, listening to an acapella thing, you'd be like, oh, it's got no, it's got a groove. <laughs> Whereas like yeah, a yeah, you know a singer listening to a Jay Diller beat would be like, I don't get it, you know, and yeah. like. I've never actually put that all together, but me and T were talking about this a while ago. And like, I was brought up on sort of like heavy metal and hip hop. And like, I kind of listened to like a load sure. of like Jay-Z stuff and then a load of just disgusting, you know, heavy metal stuff. But the band that started me on that was like the first band I got into sort of by myself um, was Linkin Park. And if you actually think yeah. about those two things, that totally totally makes sense you know the the two sides of linkin park with the heavier side and then the more hip-hop influence side Absolutely. and that's why it would have bridged off and then me and t got talking about production and we were like oh shit that's why like all the sort of delia drums when we found our feet they feel like industrial and kind of glitchy which is if you listen to linkin park drums they're all the same they're all this industrial glitchy kind of sounding drums yeah. stuff and like and you start if you if you take the time to actually trace it back 
you're like, oh, fuck, that's where that comes from. And that's why I prefer that. And that, like, if that's I'm writing cool. a melody with Shell, my melody, chances are it's going to be really rhythmical, but it's going to have like two or three notes in it. Whereas yeah. if Shell's writing a melody, it's not, it's going to be less rhythmical, but it's going to have way, like, so many more notes and it's going to be more melodic. Whereas mine ends up being, you could swap those notes out for anything and it's all about the rhythm of the notes. Yeah. And we don't actually sit back and think about that. No, that you often. don't. But I mean, I guess in, in one sense, it kind of it seems obvious. Like, but I guess when you break it down like that, that's when it. Uh, and I think when you were breaking it down, Craig, to like what people's ear picks up, yeah. I was like, that's when it starts to get interesting because it's like, you know, it seems Thanks. obvious that you're. You, you, <laughs> Everything else you said. <laughs> Sorry. Totally boring. Yeah, but. <laughs> ridiculous. But it's, you know, it seems obvious that the things that you grow up with or the things that, that kind of like, uh, I don't know, hit for want of a better word like ring a chord with you <laughs> when, when you could have also said resonates oh uh, yeah okay you got, you got that one. the stuff that resonates with you as a, as a kid or as you're growing up or is obviously the stuff that influences what you create when you're yeah. getting older like that seems like obvious but when you start delving into why that is that's yeah. interesting and it probably is because your ear then just it, it's not a case of like I mean, obviously a case of what you, you what you like and what you dislike, but it's because your ear just starts to pick up on those things more. So you start to resonate with those things and you're like, oh, okay, this is what I like. And then when you hear it again, it's not a case of being like, oh, that's my favorite thing because I like it. It's actually just your brain just, just think, no, that's what being I mean. like, yeah. oh, no, that's just what I recognize. So so I like that. Well, and I recognize I mean, what that is. That's what you do automatically. Mm-mm-mm. I think picking it apart is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, defo. And like, even just like, you're so right. And that is interesting. Like, and even just thinking that people can perceive the same music differently is interesting, isn't it? Mm. You know, that like people take different things from the same music and and almost like hear it differently. Like, that's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose the biggest example is like, you know, Robert Glasper, Snarky Puppy, RH5. I know these are like random people that I'm plucking out of thin air, but these aren't mainstream bands. And why? Because it doesn't resonate with musicians uh, people sorry non-musicians it only re- seems to resonate with musicians because they can only yeah. appreciate that stuff um and i suppose that's the obvious the obvious thing why is simplest most boring type of music the most popular well because it's it's easier to understand right yeah. because they don't the, the public doesn't have that perspective yeah Maybe. Uh, so, so I, suppose that's I don't. I don't want. I don't want to pigeonhole like that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> muggles don't understand. <laughs> but no, um, it's an, it is interesting to think like that, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, 100%. like why some things you know become like uber successful or like uber mainstream, and why some things like don't and never do. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that is really interesting. That I suppose it, it comes down like, to players as well. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. What's I mean, I, like if it comes down to certain types of players, you know, like yeah. we we're talking about being steady before on the bass and being steady as a drummer as well and then having those flowery moments really count you're like oh that was sick so and, and that comes down to and the, the word tasteful is always used in it but then if your point of view if you're a lead guitarist and you've been playing 80s van halen style guitar solos and then so and so is like right we're going to put you into this gig where it's need to be really understated your version of understatement your version of being tasteful is so different to absolutely man just else's. like tapping your way through like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eruption style everyone else is like <laughs> and you're like <laughs> I love our impression it's like exactly the same <laughs> but like but no, yeah. you're so right though man about that tasting like yeah. you know at the end of the day like 
that's what it's about. And that's like, you know, another tangent, but that's something I always try and say to people because like, you know, talking about the teaching thing, so many people come to me and they say, I want to play extremely fast. Mm-hmm. I want to play crazy, the craziest lap bass solos you've ever heard. I want to play all this, but it's not like about musicality. And I try and tell them that like, you know, you, I can teach you all that in terms of like, you can repeat it or I can teach you like below it, like how to build it and the why. But then I always try and teach them as like, that's not, that's not the main part of playing music as well. Like it is a part of playing music and it's not a criticism of them. And I get why they want that because all these amazing flashy players playing all sorts of cool stuff. But then you take people like Pino, who's made an amazing session career. And this is not a stance on Pino at all because he's an amazing player, but he's not like a technical monster. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's not like all over the board. He's not like super, he's just got amazing note choices and amazing feel. He just knows what that, to do when. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, you know, that whole like, framework and perspective feeds back into everything we do in terms of like just because you can doesn't mean you should yeah yes, exactly you know and you, you need to be tasteful and you need to be palatable and especially people like you guys like do you find that like when you're writing tunes that you you know you're hoping obviously you're hoping all your tunes do well and resonate with people but do you mm. find that like you're trying to make them like palatable to the audience or are you, or are you not thinking about that are you purely just thinking like from a creative perspective i know i, I know i don't mean to like interview you guys just interests me yeah. It's um that's a difficult one I think because I think we uh, instantly you would say no no we don't actually we we kind of just write it to what sounds nice to us but I think I don't know whether I think I, I, in the early stages of the career we were definitely thinking about what would resonate with other people but that mm-hmm. then was completely wrong for what we were doing and it sounded yeah. shit and I don't know whether it's a different world with like with can th- with things like songwriting because that kind of stuff maybe it's like maybe it's like writing a book like you've got to write that from your experience and from what you yeah. know and then people can translate it and re- resonate to it how they want and that then th- that the starts to play in like a thing of um it not feeling real then because Absolutely. if i'm writing something for somebody else it's not even when, even when that person's listening to it they're not listening to it like oh this is real because I've not written it from a real place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas that makes let me add it. You gotta let me add it. Go on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think it's different for songwriting with a project with like a, a I hate the word artist, but as a band or an artist. Um yeah. because I feel like the if you were a bassist coming in to play with someone, the basis the, the band is the client and you are the you know the not employee employee is a shit word but you're like yeah well you provide yeah, yeah. yeah whereas what we i suppose what the way that we look at it looking at it is that we're trying to as the client we're trying to figure out what it is that is important to us rather than what's important to to the consumers because yeah. when we were writing that stuff to the consumers it it wasn't resonating with them we were writing it with it writing with this thing in mind of like oh we need to make this kind of music and it wasn't resonating and then no one was happy so yeah. for us, mine's more of a thing is like, we need to do what's tasteful within what we have decided Delia is. Yeah, so absolutely. you decide what that plan is and then, or what you, what you think feels normal or natural or not, even, or, or what it just is, what it should be. You know, it's like, you're like, I used the word, uh, the words a while ago about like, in, I always feel like with a song, you're, you're, it's, it's in the air somewhere and you're just trying to like emboss it and be like, oh, there it is. I've got it. I've, I've found it all. And that's sort of like a brass rubbing or something. That's kind of what you find. You do your brass rubbing, you find what Delia is, and then you go, okay, we need to be tasteful within this structure. Yeah, so, so I think what we're doing is making the structure. Um, and then it would be people like you come in and make that structure 
work or producers do you know what I mean like it was it's definitely when I feel like it's definitely when it goes to the next stage when you've got that thing you've got the core value then you move to the next stage and then it's all the working parts around that that what that's when the things come into play of like yeah you could but should you yeah, yeah. Do you know what absolutely. I mean? That's when that and starts. You, and it's kind in. of like it's. Kind, I think it's because we're looking at things from a songwriting point of view and from a production point of view. You kind of go, well, this. Um, ah, I don't know. Like the first thing that pops into head is the other day I'm doing a track with someone and they want like a sample of like a scream in it, like a you know like a distorted like like a horror type scream with loads of like reverb. A Wilhelm scream or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. it's like okay, cool. That's really appropriate for for X. But if you were to put that into Y, it would be totally wild. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're creating are the X and Ys rather than just, you know, being like, oh, will people like it? It's like, well, people are, who, who are a fan of X will like that. Yeah. People who are facts of Y would fucking hate that, you know? Um, and I suppose that's something that we've, we've discovered probably later than a lot of people. Stupidly. You know, that's, no, I'm the same though. And that's a really good answer. And like, that's sort of like the answer I'd give because... Like I like you know being like an in, an Instagram player on it like an Instagram based player and putting loads of videos up like I felt a lot of pressure at first to do like things that people wanted and like to this day I still get loads of text messages text messages still get loads of messages on Instagram saying people saying <laughs> get loads of faxes saying, <laughs> yeah. saying um, you know do more slap bass solos do more Jacko do more this do more that like I get right. so probably get like five or six messages a week saying things like that like and at first I felt the pressure for that. You know, because I'm using Instagram as like a portfolio, mm-hmm. but it's got to be like of what like I want to do, not in a selfish yeah. way, but like you know, it's what I, like resonates with me, like we're talking about, and like is authentic to me. Absolutely. And I, th- I felt at first a lot of pressure from other players and like me comparing myself to other players, what they were doing to be like, I've got to jump on this bandwagon to be popular and successful and all that kind of stuff. And now, like I'm a bit like you, I've realised that actually I've just got to do me. Yeah. And like be authentic to me and do the things that resonate with me. So like, you know, your answer definitely like reflects how I feel too. Mm, 100%. Yeah, that's sick. You know? I totally agree. You are another artist who I need to say needs to go on TikTok. You just need to get on TikTok. Because... Oh, I downloaded it, you know, and I opened it and looked at it and then just for some reason was like, no, I'm just... Yes, it's, it. because, <laughs> it's because we're fucking old. It's because we're old, right? I looked at it too. Shell made me download it. I opened it and for some reason I just looked at it and went, no. They don't <laughs> <laughs> like literally your videos on tiktok would fly and people love doing that as well like people love telling people what to do on tiktok so like pe- yeah so like people comment on your videos being like do, do this do no this and on. then you do- yeah and then you do another video <laughs> yeah. and everyone be like way he's done it <laughs> amazing I'm, I'm, I'm such a sellout now you see me next week like a tick tick tiktok beanie i'm just like slap me solo yeah. <laughs> literally i recommend that everybody turns over to tiktok it's but because no, i just don't want us to all get that. old you know i know but i was the you same know, as you did i downloaded it and just deleted it instantly i don't know i honestly don't even know why my brain is just like this isn't reddit this doesn't look like we had, to, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had to have like a content day right so we work with this like marketing guy and he's like you need to do this you need to do that i'm like all right cool and he says you know just set aside a day make some content you'll have a big backlog and it's all i'm like all right that makes sense cool like we we, we argued like fucking loads, like couple domestic arguments because yeah. of fucking TikTok, right? And then, and I'm like, okay, I've still got it on my phone because for, for deal it, but I just hide it. It's like away somewhere. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the other day my phone goes off and it's on the side and it's a fucking TikTok <laughs> notification, right? I don't follow, we don't follow anyone. We have no followers. I mean, it's not active on it at all, but it is literally like a black mirror being like, hello. Yeah. Hey, are you there? Is oh, there? Hey, yeah. 
hey, check out this thing. And I was just like, oh God, that's freaking me the fuck out. Literally, I've never... You literally I, can't just turn off your notifications. Yeah, I went straight in and was like, just fucking get rid of all of that. <laughs> Smash your phone with a hammer. Like. <laughs> and then be like, all right, cool, got a cool shell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh no. Imagine that. Sees TikTok notification that it's like, ooh, no, how do I stop? The- oh. <laughs> Take me like 40 minutes to find the hammer and ours. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be in much like in my life it'd be in your girlfriend's toolbox <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely but no um, you're so right mate and that like push to have content is like a big driver and i know that's like how the world works now and your portfolio works but like it's still pressure that i put on myself today like you know up until this day like i feel like i need to post every two days i need to like update my story i need to you know and mm. it is it is purely like f- fabricated pressure there is some external pressure but like you know a lot of it is just me being like yeah i need to do this i need to do that i need to be present on social media yeah you know? yeah content is it, the most disgusting word that's entered yeah. into the sort of musical vocab Absolutely. um should we move on to the to uh, the first segment please do so this is the part where everyone's disappointed because they don't hear the jingle live because I drop it in afterwards. Oh. Do you do out by Oasis? Why don't you just go on the Is there any chance you can sound more Ed like Sheeran? What's your plan B? Plan B. Plan B. Oh. 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 What's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums? This is what's Jack going to do when he's finished with the drums. Um, this is our uh, regular segment about... Um, strange occurrences funny things that may happen or that may be said to you whether they're annoying whether they're heartwarming whether they're just things that you've noticed um but uh has anyone got anything this week i mean i've got something that's said to me that's been said to me oh, and, get, the, yeah, get the ball rolling. it's probably been said on like six occasions over 10 years so it's <laughs> weird great. saying yeah and it's and i'm not pigeonholing like a demographic who say it but it's been mostly like old women who said it to me lovely People come up to me and this old woman once i was playing i forget what it was it's like a corporate gig or something but she tapped me on the shoulder really hard not that that matters but just to get the story context <laughs> but no because it, it gives it you know that woman now now that you've given us that yeah. bit of info i know who she is i've seen her around yeah exactly so around, and she went like this on my bass and stroked all the strings and said <laughs> no honestly and then she went you play four string guitar well and I, and I was like oh thank you and like back in the day i would have been like oh it's a bass guitar but you know i was just like yeah that that that's fine thanks she said but you should play six string but i know it's harder so you know stick to <gasps> no Did no she? i've never that's heard what she said. yeah absolutely said. and honestly it's happened on like five or six occasions like what? whether they've said about the six string maybe not but four string people call it four string guitar but this one woman pointed to dave in our band his guitar and said but you should play six string but i know it's harder so just stick to four Jeez, that was like uh, that was like okay that? you're an idiot but thanks love you're being really nice yeah. oh, no. oh no now you're an idiot and you're being absolutely horrible to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't know i don't even remember what i said but i was just sort of like uh thanks i think i don't know like what you what you say to that you know being like i'd have been satisfied if all you said then like that 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 was like a kicker and then like a and then like a the a boot again at the end there because I would have just been satisfied if you just said she tapped me on the shoulder and just stroked all the strings yeah like <laughs> yeah. end of story like I would have been happy with that one like oh yeah that's a funny you you basically just told three different stories <laughs> yeah it's all amalgamated story I like I'd the idea sad. that it started off just as a woman tapping you on the shoulder and then over really time your, yeah. your memory has just changed it so that like <laughs> it gets worse and worse I was saying to yeah. T the other day she actually just looked at me <laughs> <laughs> 
because <laughs> I, I was saying to T the other day that like we walked past this football pitch where it, like the studio I would play uh, I work at did like a you know five a side thing once and I scored one of the best goals I've ever scored playing football right and in my like I'm sure all that happened was it was still one of the, my favorite goals I've ever scored and it was still good but then in my head like I'm I'm adding moves all the time. <laughs> So what I think actually happened was that the ball bounced off the back of the, you know, because it's five-a-side, it's bouncing all yeah, the Yeah, I liked it. I think yeah. it bounced off the back wall really high. I chested it and volleyed it, and it went over the keeper's head, like through it, because it was, he, wasn't, he wasn't expecting it. But then in my head, the ball came from the other angle. I chested it, turned, kneed it again. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, did a front flip, bounced off the right shoulder, left shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it was like thunder and lightning. There was like army tanks driving past them, like bullets flying past her. Was- <laughs> that woman, that woman, all she did was come over and it was your mum and you weren't even playing bass. And she tapped you on the shoulder. I was five. <laughs> yeah. And she went, Craig, bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> and you, but like your own insecurities filling the yeah, gaps in your like, four-string guitar. Well, what? <laughs> we'll never be am a six-string guitarist. Am I good enough? Maybe I should just stick to the four strings. <laughs> I don't even play bass like what? Bass, fucking bass jokes. Oh yeah. Oh, easier in it because it's got four strings. Oh, yeah. That it's sad, but mad. not not because you get dismissive of people. You don't. But like when you've gigged for so long and like gigs that you've done with us, like when like we had loads of residencies and like Hannah's in like Liverpool and loads of other places yeah. in Liverpool where like it's not well paid. <clears throat> you pay until like three and four in the morning. Mm. And I'm not saying you get contempt for people, but I would say like 90% of the people that come up to you to talk to you, it's just it's either just about like shit or it just doesn't end well does yeah, it you know yeah. what i mean or they're just like rude to you so like your standard of what you expect and how, and how you get like you just don't like i don't really get offended anymore mm. do you know what i mean yeah. or like and this was like probably nine or ten years ago that this happened so i was probably in a state then of like you know not being bad sir but i wouldn't have been bad sir but like when she went i was probably like that's awful why would you, why would you say that to yeah, someone but now yeah. you sort of get to the point where you're just like uh okay yeah. thanks well, your eyes glaze over before they've even said anything like yeah. your like shell especially went before lockdown would just get so pissed off at people no matter what they said like before they said anything she'd be like oh like no and she'd just be snotty with them straight away <laughs> right but what that person doesn't I realize so little patience yeah, with people but what that person doesn't realize is that they are the thousandth person that, mm. to be doing this whereas that person is the first the first time they've gone over to her yeah. and asked that oh she was really rude it's like well yeah but that's because like I know and I should remember that but three or four times a week every week someone's come over and done something the same and it just goes well and it's eventually like oh fuck off so <laughs> <laughs> well that's I mean that, that's one for like the segment anyway is like why is it that it they, it just seems to be like an industry where people feel like they can just pass judgment really mm-hmm. easily in a very rude way and then just be like it's fine for me to do that by now and then you yeah. just left this person on a stage somewhere like what like I remember some guy come over to me when I was singing and like listen I I'm not saying I'm the best singer in the world right but I'm not the fucking worst and this guy come over to me and offered to pay me 50 quid to stop pets to stop playing no I swear what? to fucking god when was that Years ago, when I like I was playing in shenanigans in an Irish bar, and he was like, "I just want to have a chat with me, mate. Love, I'll give you fifty quid to stop." Oh, that's and so I was just rude. like, "Oh my god!" And like, obviously, if that would have happened to me now, I was been like, "Fuck off, you prick!" But back then, it was like, "Oh my god, what? Like, do I?" Do I stop? Do would, I carry I would, on? I like, would not have told him to fuck off. I'd have been like, ask the manager if he says it's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 150. Ask yeah. the manager. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, as mean, long as he's still paying me for the time, I'll take the extra 50 quid. That's the best request I've ever had. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing. Like, now you... you And that's what you were saying, Craig. Like, you build up this tolerance to it and this skin that in the end, you're like, no matter what... Any, someone could come up and be like, you're a knobhead. And it would just roll off you because you're just like, uh, I literally don't care what you're coming over to say to me right now. It's but true. It, it, it's just weird that people feel like it, it's an industry where they feel like okay to do that it's true and like why yeah. would you ever do that like you know it's one it's personal taste but two just move bars do you yeah. I mean if you don't want to hear music like go and move a bar and you know or two like people come up to us like again similar thing on the residency and been like why are you playing this kind of music play this and it's like yeah. it's just that's your personal taste isn't it yeah. and it's, i'm not mm. saying that we cater for everyone we try and cater for we used to try and cater for as many people as we can but it's just mm. like I just don't get that attitude of like they're the only person that matters, and it is a minority, but usually it's the minority that come to voice their opinion. Yeah, yeah of course, I, I bet it's it, only the minority. That, well, no, I bet not DJs only, get yeah. it. I bet DJs get it so badly. Oh, like if you're DJs, a DJ yeah. in, uh, I don't know, like a, a pop a pop world, right? Playing yeah. the cheesiest Spice Spice Girls, S Club Seven, cheesy pop, and and then the, you playing in, I don't know, uh, a, a bar that plays hip hop music. And then you bet yeah. you get requests all the time and you get people all the time. You're like, playing this? Why aren't you doing this? This isn't right. Yeah. And you're like, you're in pop world. Like, yeah, or exactly. You're in like someone being like, can you play something from like Def Leppard's live album that was unreleased <laughs> and then it was found again in like a burned out studio that they released only on vinyl. And you're like, that, no. Yeah, and then oh, you go, you go you no, mean? and they go, you don't know it. You don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know it. What do you mean? It's like, mate, YouTube doesn't know it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> but you're right. I don't know what it is. And it is, yeah, it's 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 hard, isn't it? Like, why? Like, why? You know, I, like so I love Bonnie Vare, but I'm not going to go up and pop well and be like, "Can you play Bonnie Vare?" Like, yeah. any chance you can play like you know, lump sum by Bonnie Vare? Like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. just like I just don't, I just don't understand that, and I guess like I probably never will. But you're right, you do just develop a thick skin to it, don't you? Where you there just sort of don't take it personally because I think a lot of it isn't personal in a well, weird way. Well, that's the thing; you have to like pick them apart. Like, you have to. You have to know the people who are coming over. Like that woman saying to you, oh, but you need to learn the six string. Like she probably wasn't being, she wasn't saying to you, you're a shit guitar player. She actually knew you were good. But in her mind, she like, that's just what she knows. And she wasn't being rude. So you like pulling them apart is you learn to do that over time. Mm, But you do when, when you find the knobheads, they're they're just the knobheads. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I get, like I, I remember playing a gig where, and it's again one of them gigs where you're getting paid like fifty quid, and you're there till whatever in the morning, and you're just you're just singing. Nobody's fucking listening. Whatever, nobody cares. They're just singing away and they're getting pissed. And there's one guy who's genuinely giving me vocal lessons at the front of the stage, and he's like, "I want oh. more emotion from you. Like you're not emoting enough. Mm. Like I'm not feeling it." And I was just like, "I'm singing like Stevie Wonder." Like be <laughs> one of our gigs, Shell. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like oh please leave me alone and eventually he got throughout so I was like okay that was a knobhead yeah. so like you learn to understand the difference you do yeah. why would you do that and I don't know we'll never understand it but I just can't believe that that's a thing I yeah. know it's mad isn't that, it it reminds me I think I might have said this on the podcast a while ago but we're doing like a restaurant gig playing fucking lovely day Sunday morning you know background acoustic sort of you know chilled songs and this woman's like request something and I'm like, oh, we don't know that. Sorry, we don't, we don't do that one. And she, as she's walking away, she's like, well, are you playing something else? Because this isn't really our music. Like this one table <laughs> in this whole restaurant. I'm like, I don't give a shit if it's not your music. Like, but, but then on the outside, you're like, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you turn into this walkover. She's not paying you. It's one thing if she's like, you know, you're doing a wedding and she's the bride and she has like any chance you could play like 
more pop. You know, it's like, okay, like, yeah. we'll try yeah. and, you know, because they're actually, like, paying you. They're actually, like, your clients. Mm-hmm. But to be just a customer in a restaurant where the restaurant's paying you, like, it's not really your... I would never think it's, like, you know, my no, place to just be like, I want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, can you play this song that me and my sister wrote when we were seven on our piano at home and she played the bass notes and I played the high notes and we said, yeah. you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or people who tell uh, you you know it. Like, can you play... Uh, so, like, you know, I can't even think of a song that you, that we don't know, but, like... 18 by Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always Ed Sheeran. And you go, like, well, we don't really know it. And they go, you do. Come on. <laughs> and you're like... Yeah, no, we don't. So, you know, like, I always you find do, it. You know, or they start singing it to you in your ear when it's a super loud gig oh, and you're playing no. like Sir Duke, the run, bum, and they're going like, it goes like, and you're like, mate, this is never good. They're like, ding, 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 ding. You're like, I know the, I know the song. <laughs> I'm not playing that song right now. We've, we've literally spoken about this before because it happened to Ollie Nagy as he was singing. He did a gig with me and some guy singing another song. And Ollie like oh, reacted oh, like, he was, like he, Ollie went slow motion and was like <laughs> away from the mic. He's like, no. <laughs> it's happened to me before on it is. People have come up like, when was this? I think it might have been when we were playing Hannah's. People come up and I had ears in, just like mm-hmm. sure SE two one fives and yeah. And so like you basically I, I for muggles listening, it means like you're you're hearing yourself back in headphones, basically, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like I've been on a wireless system. Yeah. I've been trying to say them, like pointing at it as much as I can. I can't hear what you're saying. Right. So yeah. like, just hold out me ear. No. Whoa. Yeah. And obviously, like it's a weird one. Obviously, they're not custom fit, but they're still deep in. So, like when she pulled it, my balance was like whoa, and all of a sudden <laughs> I had like loads of drums and like yeah. in the yeah, and she's shouting down the ear and I just think again like, it's and like, also it's like they're taking like... off the glass of a waiter's thing that's wrong on the random and the waiter spills all the drinks yeah, <laughs> yeah but also yeah, like that they're expensive bits of like kit and some mm. pissed woman's now got Ripping hold of your out. fucking yeah got hold of it in a bar somewhere she's probably gonna throw it away for all you know put it back in <laughs> But you just glaze over, you know, and then you're just like, oh, don't do that, please. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to put it back. You know, there's nothing worse than pulling on trying to put headphones in. Oh, you know, it's like, she's putting. Don't, don't do that, please. Don't. You ever try? Why is it that putting in-ear headphones into someone else's ears is, is the <gasps> hardest thing in the world? Oh, dude, so like, listen, listen to this, thing. listen to this, like, and, then you, and then you're like, I, 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 I just put it in myself. <laughs> yeah, man. Someone could be like, I'll pay you ninety pound an hour just to do that, and I'd be like, no, I can't. Like, I won't take that job. But I can't. I can't. Put, like, it's so hard. I thought that you were going to say that she got so close that her lips were like touching your ear because oh. that sort of shit happens, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. does happen. Yeah, or people shout down your ear mm. because there's loud music. I get it. But like, you know, you're also like four millimeters from a year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like just bellowing and you're like, oh. But that like that is so good. Like literally your reaction every time is like, oh, uh, can you not do that, please? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they can't even hear you. You feel like <laughs> yeah. just telling off a small child. No. No. Don't do that. That's bad. That's bad. You shouldn't do that. It's like that. <laughs> It really right. is. That's a really good one. All it right, was. should we move on to the final section? Yeah, go on. That, right. that, that section became what it started out what it started <laughs> out as. It's just like yeah. a big bitch festival at knobheads and kicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you go I'm back so to glad. episode <laughs> sort of one to ten, it's all just that. And then as you get into like episode 40, 50, it's like, we have you noticed that self-employed musicians doing your tax return becomes this? And it's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we're back to like pricks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to, can't wait to go back to those gigs once COVID's gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> so, um, 
This is, uh, this is, well, here's the jingle. E, oh my God, who the fuck is Peter Guy? Who's he, lad? So this is Who the Fuck is Peter Guy? This is our recommendation podcast, podcast recommendation section of the podcast with a positive twist. You know, we're not, we're not here to review things and go like, this is shit, don't listen to this. Um, or the, uh, oh, what was he? What was he? Yeah, what was he got? Like, didn't he get caught doing something recently? He was, um, yeah, he is some sort of abuse. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, I don't know which one it is. I don't know which one he's on yet. He might have upgraded levels. Do you know what I mean? He might be on like level 42. <laughs> so, like, um, we just want recommendations. Could be music, art, film, accounts to follow, books to read, absolutely anything, bases to check out, equipment to buy, you know, like. Craig Walsh's Instagram to go and get bass lessons from him. Craig <laughs> underscore Walsh underscore bass? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, nailed yeah. that. Craig underscore Walsh underscore bass, yeah. yeah. It's got a flow to it, that, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah it's just so succinct. It just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I want to jump in first because i got a couple of quick ones. Oh, okay. Well, i just got two TV series to recommend. Um, the fir- like, I, I do have a couple of albums to recommend as well, actually, so I'll, I'll chuck them in as two. The first, the first album is it- a really simple... What? What are you? What are you kicking? You can't do too many. I'm doing. I'm doing. Uh, yes, I can. It's my podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> Moby, um, Long Ambience Two. Right? Oh, I went to sleep to that last night. Yeah, which is why I'm recommending it. It's just like loads of. It's just like single note drones and like you know, forty eight long, forty eight minute long songs that are just there designed you to to make you go to sleep. I suppose it's not quite like Max Richter's sleep thing where he's like really looked into it and he's analyzed the sleep pattern and it's eight hours long it's not like that but it's just like really relaxing music um Mm. then the other two are so a tv series called dark on netflix i'm sure everyone's already seen it but i'm only just getting into it after fucking what feels like decades of people telling me oh you'd love this you should really watch it we watched season one and i do love it and i really should have watched it so uh it's a german sci-fi thing it's great sounds cool and then bit of a niche one but ridley scott you know, of like he's directed a few small films yeah. like uh, Alien and Blade Runner and <laughs> Gladiator, um, and basically absolutely everything. When I was scrolling through his IMDb, the guy is fucking eighty-three years old or something. And I looked in his upcoming projects, and he's got seventy upcoming projects. Whoa. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's like some of them will be his production company, but Jesus yeah. Christ! Um, but it's a TV series called Raised by Wolves, which I think comes from HBO Max. And if you're into like 80s sci-fi kind of really earnest sci-fi where it's like not trying to be sleek and cool like something like yeah. Arrival or anything like that. It's just being like this could have been made in 1960 on like, you know, basically like the old planet of the apes, you know, where it looks a bit yeah. shit and it looks yeah. a bit. If you're into like that, that sort of thing, <laughs> Raised by Wolves is definitely something you should check out. It's mad. It I don't know what you'd cool. watch it on. It is. It's, it's hard mad. to find streams. Um but then we have our ways and means. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you get a chance to see it, it's probably going to come to something like Sky Atlantic soon, I'd guess. Um, Raised by Wolves. That's my recommendations. All right. That sounds my, ace. My recommendation is going to be, I'm going to, you know, since we're on the TikTok hype. Oh, fuck. Oh. I'm going to, and since we've got uh, Craig on the podcast, I feel like it's quite fitting to recommend Jacob Collier's TikTok. Oh, wow. Maybe I'll get TikTok. Insane. (laughs) You're recommending it because Craig's on the podcast because they're brothers? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. We are. I'm the talented one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jacob. It's a joke. (laughs) Please, if you ever need bass. (laughs) Yeah, let me know. 
<laughs> that guy never needs base. No, <laughs> never needs never. a basis. He never needs anything. I don't think he needs a, a single other person. You know what he world. could need? He could need a base engine player. Yeah. So maybe you gotta get onto that shit with the engine. You know? Ah, oh, maybe. That's yeah, the one thing the he needs. Player. What? <laughs> anyway yeah i think yeah you just need to check it if you're like if you're a musician and you're listening to this podcast even if you're not a musician but especially if you are you need to go and um get on his tiktok because it's so cool like obviously you can look at his other social medias like and he, he probably posts some of his tiktoks on there as well but the way tiktok is designed um means that the way that he creates his videos is very very interesting that's cool well maybe i legit I get TikTok for that because he's just amazing. To watch, just to watch it. And I love listening to his lectures and his music and he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to go to that as a musician, make sure you're in a good place before you watch it. <laughs> you oh, can, yeah. I think you have three reactions to Jacob Collier. I think the first is like, wow, that's insane. I, I like, and I'm so appreciative of everything he's doing. The second is, oh my God, I suck. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. the third is, oh, I mean, but what's he even doing? Like, what's it even for? Like, do you even <laughs> listen to it? You even put it like, so you've got to make two of them are bad. So you've got to make sure you're on the good one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't watch it. It's so true. You do feel every emotion, don't you? Watch it. <laughs> yeah. You go through it. You go through it. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Shell? No, that's for me. Cool. Craig, you got anything you want to recommend? Okay, so mine are just like, basically, I've had, I like you, I've had a big list on my notes of like compiled everything everyone's told me to watch for just yeah. years where I've gone like, you know, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that, you know, or like people come up to me at gigs, rip me if I went out and gone, watch this, you know, yeah. and put it down <laughs> <my notes. laughs> So I've had, I've had a huge list, so I'm trying to work through it. So some of them are classics. So like The Walking Dead, my fiance's been like, you'll love it, you've got to get on it. And I was like, don't know, don't know the fancy, don't know, it's just going to be like zombie kill, zombie kill, rinse, repeat. But we're five seasons in, and I'm just absolutely like enamored. I don't know whether you've, you've, you've seen The Walking Dead. I, I have, and I'm just. I'm not digging it. I know, I know, I am. I'm just. I, I know where your journey is going to go, Craig. I know, yeah. I know. This is the thing five. that people have said this to me. Like, it just gets super shit, doesn't it? <laughs> I think I clocked out at season five, I think. Did you? I went to about season she, seven, you I went, think. You went further than that. Did I? You really did. Because I've, I've got a lot of, I haven't got patience for TV series. It's too much time yeah. to invest, right? So for me, I think of TV series as like, if, if it's, even if it's a seven out of 10, I'm sorry, but I'm just not watching it because yeah. there's too many eights and nines out there and I got to find them or just stuff that resonates. So The Walking Dead, episode one of The Walking Dead is one of the, best tv episodes openers it's amazing ever ever like it's up there with your breaking bads yeah of like for sure just that first episode season one amazing season two amazing three great four great five okay and then i was like okay you know what and then the thing that, t- that knocked me off the train wasn't the quality of the series it was about i think i was caught up and i think at season five they announced that it had been renewed for another six seasons or something and I remember reading that on IMDb and being like, I think I'm out now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't even Everyone the season. Everyone said this to me as well, because I'm, so, right. I'm enjoying it so much. I'm like, oh, it's amazing about the politics like between people and like, mm. that, like the people are the real monsters. And yeah. everyone's just said, oh, mate, it gets so shit. And I'm like, right. Yeah. Oh, I never got to it being so shit. I have to confess. I <laughs> maybe I'll, be like, maybe I'll bow out early and just keep like a good 
Mm. Like a good mm. image and association with it. Mm. But either either way, if you've not seen Walking Dead, you should watch the first few seasons of it. Hundred percent. Yeah, defo. It's so worth it. Killing yeah. Eve's another one we've been watching, which is oh. like again, it's just on my list, and it's just amazing. The Jodie Comer yeah, is like, yeah. and I'm not a big like TV or Netflix watcher because I am like so busy doing loads of other stuff. Like I'm not a. It's more like nine o'clock at night if I'm not doing anything or not gigging, I'll sit down and watch some. But I'm a, yeah. I'm a fidgeter as well. I'm a yeah. bit like obsessive. So, you know, I'm always like a base on me with like YouTube on me Mac with like something else here in a book and then like something on. <laughs> like, you know, trying to like, <laughs> Loz is like, how can you consume? Like, and I'm just like, I don't really. It's just all just stimulation. Yeah. <laughs> and all of it stops when she's like, do you mind just giving me a bit of a shoulder rub? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm just like, oh. everything's shut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've watched that and it, it is amazing. And like Jodie Comb is amazing. But as far as TV and stuff like that's, that's my that's my lot recommendation but music wise i've just been listening like i love singer songwriting stuff and like a lot of people say like i, I like like quite like the press and stuff so i've been listening to, i've been going back to listen to like a few people i used to love like sufian stevens yeah. like i don't know if you've listened no. to sufian stevens no. before so if you s it's s-u-f-j-a-n stevens um he's an amazing singer songwriter what's really cool about him he does concept albums so like there's a 2005 album called illinois where all of the songs are about illinois and about like things to do with illinois and they're all connected so like one of them's about like john wayne gacy the serial killer and it sounds like super pretentious but it's actually amazing and i think like you love his arrangements and orchestration as well he's sick so i think people should check him out um, and get back into like Elliot Smith as well. You listen to Elliot Smith much? Yeah, a little bit. Um, these are oh, these make me sound so like hipster and like you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But he's like they're all just like singer songwriters and like super basic production wise. I mean, Sufian probably isn't super basic, but Elliot's like super super like um, basic, super like pull back, strip back. Um, and I've sort of been on that train lately. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think people always expect me to listen to like loads of bass players, and I have and I do, but mostly like songwriter wise like i'm into this whole like folk nice. thing yeah and that's what i've been getting getting into and bass player wise because i do have to do a recommendation Go i'm on. gonna pull in, i'm gonna pull instagram up just to make sure i get his name if you don't follow this dude um follow him because he's amazing okay let's check let's and, get let's get ready yeah everyone. let me just see so instagram's not loading for some reason it's always <laughs> the way isn't it? always the way isn't it like the Obviously. only time you need it to load i think he's called k base k a y yeah K base nineteen fourteen. He's called so K A Y base nineteen fourteen. Okay, sweet. Okay. Is that the year he was born. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. He looks super <laughs> well if it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's just an insane player. Like, super busy, super gospelly. But he's just one of them players that like makes it work, and he's worth checking out. Like, he's a proper like virtuoso. I think, okay. and don't quote me on it, but I think he's played for like Snoop Dogg and stuff. Like, he's a big like hip hop. Hey, that's it. dude. Yeah, so he's amazing. Okay, and, awesome. And Craig Walsh bass as well, maybe. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, well, if, if people head to Craig underscore Walsh underscore bass, then rolls off the tongue. They can, um, they can they can that direct everyone them to everywhere to find your stuff? Is that like yeah, where yeah? You so I've got a website and stuff, which is like quite a static website. Like you know, it, it's updated in terms of got Instagram feeds and that on it, but it just gives you like a bit about me, a bit like what I do, what I've done, like my yeah. teaching and all that, and then. Um, my Instagram is just like loads of covers, loads of play alongs where I'm trying to like <clears throat> emulate the original tune, like down to like note choice and tonality and every yeah. try and get everything like as close as I can to the originals. And then the sub teaching stuff on there, which I'm going to start doing more of again. I've just been a bit yeah. strapped for time. But yeah, yeah so. I, I recommend people to check out the stuff that you're putting up anyway as well. Cause I think it's, it's good 
to to check out not from a kind of just like oh, i'm enjoying watching this but it's actually very interesting mm-hmm. um when you're sort of especially like i like the stuff where you're trying to like replicate tones the bass tones of these classic oh you know, thank you well-known thing that like that's that's so cool so if if you're if you're just sort of perusing for that sort of thing and you want that extra level then check out craig's stuff but also if you just want to if you're just in it because you're like you want to just check out enjoyable content like that then then it's got both you know it's both layers it's not like jacob oh, thanks so much that's really nice only the elite <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even musicians watch it and go i don't get it <laughs> um all right so uh, I think that we're going to call it there. I'd be mm. remiss if I didn't tell a base joke on the podcast. Go for it, mate. I'm excited. Um, all right, so the the <clears throat> I don't know. Let's say the guitarist walks into the um, rehearsal room and oh the my bassist. God, this is already dying on a tar. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, go on. The guitarist walks into the rehearsal room and the bassist is beating up the drummer. Right, and he's going, "Oh, chill out, chill out. What's he, what's like what's, what, you know, what's happening?" And he and the bassist is like. He's like, he's detuned one of my strings and he's like, that's not a big deal. That's not, just leave it out. And he's like, no, cause he won't tell me which one it is. <laughs> Don't get there. Um, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Cause the bassist can't tune his own guitar. Hey, there oh, we go, right, Shell. Okay. Cool. Tune in <laughs> next week when Shell will explain the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> New segment. Explain the punchline. <laughs> um, Craig, thanks very much for coming on to the podcast. Oh no, thanks for having me. I hope it didn't ramble and waffle too much. No, not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. It's been really That's enjoyable really catching up with you guys um, over this, and it's, it's a great excuse. I think we said it to, to Dave last week as well. It's just a great excuse to catch up. Um, I'm be like, hey, hey, man, do you want? Do you want? Like, we're gonna have a Zoom. Do you want to just chat? No, No, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, but no. I always thought as well, I said this to my mum when I was younger, and being like, when someone invites you over, you're like, oh, do you want to come over? We'll just hang out, have a few beers. And you're like, sounds good. Do you want to come over? Do you want to hang out? We'll just have a glass of milk. And (laughs) like, it's just that slight change. (laughs) It's like, hang on, what? (laughs) Even though what we're doing is just catching up. You record it and it all of a sudden doesn't feel weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's so true, I like for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thanks again, everyone who's listening, go and check out everything that Craig's doing. Uh, check out all the recommendations. All the links will be in the show notes as usual. And we'll do some posts on socials as well if you're keeping up with that side of things. Um, that's it, right, for this mm-hmm. week? Thanks again, Craig. Boss, thank um, you so much for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. And remember, guys, too much sauce ruins fries. Oh, that didn't stop recording.